are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I am Marcus Benjamin here with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. We are both representing canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. And this week is National Signing Day week. Uh, but it's, you know, it really doesn't have the same, you know, anticipation as, as other National Signing Days because now the early National Signing Day already gone here. Miami not in contention for a lot of players. Uh, just a couple of players uh, that we know of that Miami could possibly add to the class are uh, Jamel Howard, who visited last weekend, and also Nicholas Harbor, which Miami did an in-home visit last week. Uh, those are really kind of the top two guys going into National Signing Day. But the real news for the Hurricanes is really all about this coaching search, Frank. So um, everybody wants to know who is the next offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. And we did learn of a few names that we're interviewing within the past week. Uh, a couple of interesting names um, of SEC uh, you know, kind of a background for, for, for both of those guys. Um, Frank, who, who, who do you think um, has the, the best chance at this point to get the offensive coordinator job now that Josh Gaddis is officially out? I think Marcus Arroyo, former UNLV head coach, former Oregon offensive coordinator, probably is the best chance at the position. I haven't heard that he's interviewed just yet, but – there's a previous relationship there with Chris the ball. He was there for the first couple years of Mario's tenure at Oregon. And he's got head coaching experience, so he can help from that aspect. So we know we can communicate, which would be a something that Miami hasn't seen since Mario's came under Gaddis. I, I think that's probably going to be the guy for the job. We have heard Dan Bolin interview for the job said you know there was a source that said that he was in coral gables last week um talking to mario cristobal and he has been rumored for a number of different offense coordinator openings uh, around the country including alabama a lot of the rumors are that he didn't really want to leave his family uh for alabama so i think that's why miami could be a potential fit he gets to stay in the state of florida uh, they get to just move just a few hours down right it, it's a match made in heaven it's a chance for him to get back into coaching with a solid offensive line, some really talented running backs. Yeah, There is some talent at receiver and a chance to revive Tyler Van Dyke's career. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if it was Mullen. I don't know if there's a ton of traction there just yet, but it is interesting to see that his name is popping up among interview conversations. Another guy that I'm hearing could get an interview and there's an interesting connection there is T. Martin, former USC offense coordinator. He's coaching spots like Tennessee, right, a few other places. He's in the NFL right now as a wide receivers coach with the Baltimore Ravens. He's a guy who would be interesting just because his son plays baseball at the University of Miami. He was supposed to be a walk-on quarterback as well, former three-star prospect on the football field, and then one of the top baseball players in the country. So he he's already at Miami. So I, that's why for me, 
if he wanted this job, I think he would. I think he'd be a good fit. You got a guy at wide receivers coach, or or he yeah, because you could fit him in into the Gaddis role and, and and get a quarterback coach if you really wanted to. Uh, I would love to see a guy like Ryan Williams come in and help in some way, shape, or form. If, if you were to bring in like a T a T Martin, right, a guy who doesn't necessarily have to be on the field but can work with the quarterbacks as national championship experience. So I don't think T Martin coming in to be an offensive coordinator coach, I mean, an offensive coordinator and then a wide receivers coach would be such a bad thing. I know everybody's got a bad taste in their mouth because of what happened with Gaddis this season. But if you could bring in a high quality young quarterback coach that can mesh with Tyler Van Dyke and help him develop in his final year at the university of Miami, while also helping develop Jakari Brown, I don't think that would be such a bad thing as it. Yeah. I think it could work. It, I think it could work, but those are the three names that I'm hearing, you know, pretty heavily right now. Obviously, there are some pipe dream uh, guys that everybody talks about, Scott Frost of the world. Uh, it, I just don't know if those are going to happen. I actually heard Scott Frost is a hard no from from what I hear from from the inside. I hear that's not going to be a possibility. Um, I heard uh, he's he's got some some issues that he has to work through. Uh, let, let me just say that. I don't want to put his business out there, but a lot of us, you know, we deal with certain issues and what, from what I hear, there's, there's, there's a kind of a personal issue going over there with Scott Frost. So that's why he's going to be a hard no, but one of those names that I think you were thinking about that are, you know, our dreams, I, I guess you could say is Ken Dorsey, man. I, I'm going to put that name out there. Ken Dorsey, is definitely, a, I think, should be a possibility just because, um, you know, former quarterback here at Miami, it's a name that it's a splash high higher, you know, it's a splash name that everyone down here knows. And he has, you know, a wealth of experience already in the NFL. So uh, I don't think recruiting will be an issue for Ken Dorsey. I mean, he's, he's Ken Dorsey, you know, <laughs> I mean, and he is a quarterback guy so he he's a offensive coordinator that will be looking at it from the quarterback's perspective because he played the position so i don't think you really need a quarterback's coach when you add him i actually think you need like just a offensive coordinator qb's coach combination i'd rather see that combination rather than the oc wide receivers combination i'd rather see a wide receivers coach um, that Miami hires. And if T Martin is, is going to be the guy or anybody else, then um, that's, that's the combination that I would rather see. But that, that's a name that I, I think, uh, you know, Cristobal should uh, kind of look into maybe, you know, give him a call and, and see if he is interested. I mean, obviously he's been down here as um, involved with FIU. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with the college game and kind of how everything works so i think that's something that would would be interesting uh to see i mean buffalo's buffalo's offense last season was pretty good but the only thing that concerns me about it is because it basically ran through josh allen right <laughs> i mean josh allen was kind of bailing this team out um so that concerns me if you know he indeed does become the offensive coordinator because that kind of means maybe that your quarterback will have to bail you out of certain situations. And I'm not sure if TVD is the guy, man, based on what happened last year, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see, but, but um, that's definitely a name that, 
that um, I know Miami fans are interested in. And you know, James Coley is obviously another one, uh, hometown guy, coached down here at Miami Norland, grew up down here, went to Miami High, uh, and also coached here before under Al Golden. And, um, you know, did, did some things, uh, some positive things and maybe not so great things during that era. But I, 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 um, I'm concerned with him as well because as of late, you know, he was with Texas A&M. And that offense wasn't much better than Miami's <laughs> the last year, you know. So, so there's, there's kind of two sides to the sword there uh, with James Coley. But, um, you know, so – the, those are really kind of the the, the names, the, the popular names. I think you just named kind of the more realistic names at this point, and I'm pretty sure more names will pop up within the week. Yeah, and and I think James Coley would be would be good from a recruiting perspective. We know what he's done on the recruiting trail at both Georgia and Texas A&M, as well as during his time at University of Miami. Right? People want to talk about how Miami is has failed to live up to the billing of being one of the national powers. But recruiting really hasn't been an issue over the years. He was able to grab some top guys. We've seen him be integral in the recruitment of James Williams while he was at Georgia. He, he knows South Florida, as you just spoke about. Same thing with T. Martin. He's another guy that he has a recruiting prowess to be able to go get top guys around the country, especially quarterbacks. Uh, he can help with the West Coast recruiting, which is something that it seems Miami really wants to do, especially at the quarterback position. And he has relationships there that I think could work. He did play quarterback. So it's not outside. It's yeah. not outside uh, the realm of possibility that, I said that he becomes a quarterback coach. He, he has been a passing game coordinator before. I know he's coaching the receivers for the Ravens, but if you're an offensive mind, usually, and you played the position, usually you can transition to being a quarterback coach, maybe not at an elite level, like uh, Sean Payton or something, but, we know, we know that he has that capability. I, I think those two guys would be good fits for Mario because of their ability to recruit. We know Mario wants a guy that can come in and, and add to the recruiting trail. We, we've heard that he's been adamant with his coaching staff on being able to outwork him in recruiting, and that's almost impossible, right? When he's up at 4.30 in the morning, we're texting kids and calling people first thing as soon as they wake up. It, it's 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 part of the it's part of the game, and I, that's why I don't think a Joe Brady would be a good fit uh, under Mario Cristobal. I would love to see a Joe Brady just because of his passing concepts and what he could bring in that aspect. But he's not going to recruit. He's not going to put the grind in the way that Mario wants him to. Ken Dorsey to me would be perfect because he has a passion and pride for the University of Miami. He's developed multiple NFL quarterbacks. We saw Cam Newton make his biggest jump when Ken Dorsey was at the Carolina Panthers. We saw Josh Allen make that huge dump when Ken Dorsey became the offensive coordinator. And I know Brian Dabble uh, is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL and now uh, an excellent head coach for the New York Giants. But Ken Dorsey deserves a lot of credit for that. The offense for the Bills, despite the interceptions from Josh Allen, was pretty good. The running game got better. If he came to the University of Miami, that'd be an absolute home run hire because of just the pedigree of who Ken Dorsey is in the program. I know that there is a relationship there with Mario Cristobal. Uh, they have conversations. I don't know if there's been any conversations about an interview. It would probably be hard to be able to, to poach a guy like Ken Dorsey from an offensive coordinator position. 
on one of the best teams in the NFL to coming down to South Florida to be an offense coordinator in college football. I think more so like if a, if, if a state of Florida head coaching open opportunity came up, that's more so something that would be his speed rather than jumping down for a lateral position that might not even, that's not even on the same you know level. So yeah. I, I think, uh, I think Ken Dorsey would be awesome. I just don't know if realistic, like you said, but the three that they, the three that I named the T Martin to Dan Mullins and the Marcus Rose, I think would be all really good hires. I know people are going to probably be disappointed if a Marcus Royal gets a job, but remember he was uh, he was a high quality candidate head coach uh, coming from Oregon. He was a, yeah. an emerging star in the coaching ranks, and, and he didn't do bad things under Justin Herbert. And we know he's going to run the team that Mario wants and run it pretty successfully. So yeah. uh, I think it would be a good fit. Yeah, I mean, if I had to put some money on it, I would say that Marcus Arroyo likely gets the hire just because of what Cristobal has done as far as who he hires. He, he pretty much kind of hires guys he's familiar with. I mean, he hired Gaddis because he had a relationship with him at Alabama, and, you know, he, he obviously has a relationship with uh, Alex Mirabal and, and, you know, Joe Salavea. Like, these are guys that are – that he's been familiar with and he's worked with before. So wouldn't be surprised at all if Marcus Arroyo uh, does get the job. I mean, he did lead Oregon to a Rose bowl win. I mean, when's the last time Miami's been to the Rose bowl 2001. So <laughs> uh, if, if Miami can do that, um, then that is definitely a step in, in the right direction. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of see, uh, what happens? Um, Dan Mullen, though, I don't. For some reason, I just don't feel like that's a good fit. Um, just because I think Dan Mullen will want to be in a almost maybe in a co-head coaching position. You know, just being that he had that. Um, experience at head coach at Florida, Mississippi State, and I don't know. It, it just seems like, uh, you know, Mullen has more of a stronger personality, and I, I think that could potential have have some ramifications if he's added to, to this particular staff. I could be wrong, but, um, you know, that that's the reason why I, I didn't add him to my original list. I, I just didn't feel like he was a good fit. Obviously, I kind of knew he was a possible candidate, but I just don't feel like um, Mullen is necessarily a good fit to add to this staff and the rigor that Mario Cristobal will require of him. Um, he's been in broadcasting for the past couple of uh, years. He's been kind of chilling. Um, to just make this uh, jump back under someone else's staff is something that, you know, I'm not sure if if he uh, will do, but, you know, stranger things have happened. T. Martin, uh, I definitely love that idea uh, to add as a receivers coach. Um, anybody else that, that you're thinking about that could possibly fill in that receivers coach position? I think if you wanted to revisit like a Kevin Beard, from Toledo, that's something that's possible. South Florida native, we know he can recruit. He brought in guys like Stacy Coley, who was a big time prospect uh, during his time here. We know he can develop talent. He's been in the college ranks for a little bit now, so he's able to kind of develop his coaching 
resume a little bit more. When he came to Miami the first time around, he really wasn't in the game for that long. Now he's he, he's got some gray in his beard, <laughs> and and he's a guy that we know can grind, and that fits what Mario Cristobal wants. He's got a passion for coaching. He's got a passion for South Florida. He still comes down here uh, to recruit from Toledo. Yeah. He's a guy that would be interesting to me. But just to touch on the Dan Mullen thing, Deadpool's advocate, I don't know if it would be such a bad fit because everything I heard from college coaches on Dan Mullen during his time at Florida was he was more so a removed head coach than he was like a Mario Cristobal with from the aspect of, of discipline, from the aspect of of being involved in in, in the day to day for these kids. He kind of he kind of treated the players more like NFL guys rather than college athletes. And that might be a fit because Mario is more of that hands-on CEO approach. And Dan Mullen really just wants to call plays and and and, and win. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. He's he, he's more of an offensive coordinator. We've seen him, you know, kind of collaborate with a guy like Urban Meyer, who's not really an offensive. Like, he was more of a CEO type coach, and it worked really well. And I think that Dan Mullen's interesting just because it seems Miami wants to start recruiting more athletic quarterbacks. Jakari Brown, under Dan Mullen's scheme, could be reminiscent of, of, of a lot of the guys that have been successful under Mullen. Uh, that power run-based scheme where the quarterback run is a huge part of it, it, it is, is interesting to me. And, and I think that I think that with the type of offensive line and the trenches that Mario is building with Coach Alex Maribel, it could be a fit. He's a guy that you know he's going to scheme it up. We know – He's been able to develop quarterbacks. We know he's been able to put top offenses uh, on the field in the SEC at the highest level, bring Mississippi State to being you know, a potential number one team in the country under Dak Prescott. I, I, I like the fit. I, now, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off because everything I hear is that he's okay not coaching. It's not something that he necessarily is looking for a coaching job. He hasn't put his name in the hat for really anything. It's more probably just the best fit, right? And I don't know. I think he'd be the splash hire. He'd be out of the three guys that I mentioned, the T. Martin, uh, Marcus Royos of the world, he would be the splash guy. And that would be big in recruiting. He's not a great recruiter. That's one thing I'm going to say is he's not a great recruiter. He doesn't hit the trail the way that Mario probably would like. That fit is questionable to me. But just having a former successful SEC head coach as your offensive coordinator pays dividends because when these quarterbacks, every time we you and I speak to these quarterbacks, they talk about they want to be under a successful offensive coordinator. They want to be part of a successful offensive scheme. And, and it's not always about the relationship with the offensive coordinator more so than it is they want to be developed. So that's why, to me, it could be a good fit. Has he won anything, though? Like – like, he won a natty as an offensive coordinator at the University of Florida. He helped Tim Tebow become Tim Tebow. That's right. That's right. Mississippi State has never been as successful as when he was the head coach there. I know he wasn't his record against top 25 programs. It wasn't great, but we, we've seen him be able to do some really good things with lesser talent. He was an SEC championship game not that long ago at the University of Florida and gave Alabama a uh, almost heartbreak scare, right? And I know he had Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask did really good things under him, which is another interesting thing to me. I, I think Kyle Trask is uh, is more athletic than TVD, but 
similar traits in a lot of different ways. You know, big quarterback, big arm. Could work. It could work. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying spin the wheel, see what happens. I would love it. I think everybody would get excited about that in, in the Hurricane fan base. And it would it would just cause some traction around the country on Mario is doing it again. Mario is going, going big, and he's hitting big. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think you convinced me, bro. I think you, you convinced me about uh, Dan Mullen. All right, I'm all, I'm all in on Dan Mullen, but I'm more in on Ken Dorsey, of course. Bring Ken Dorsey home, <laughs> you know, because it, it really would be an amazing fit, even if he's just the quarterback coach, which I doubt he would be, but, um, you know, like at least in some kind of regard, bring Ken Dorsey home. All right, so we're going to move on to National Signing Day, man. I mean, like I said before, we're pretty much in contention with two players, Jamel Howard out of the Chicago area. Uh, big kid, 6'3", 320, um, three-technique guy. I mean, these are kind of, you know, these type of players are rare these days, or, or the good ones are. You just have to – get as many as you can uh, because it's a really important position when, of course, it comes to stopping the run. And, uh, yeah, I I, th- I think if they can land him and kind of steal him away from Wisconsin, which I think Wisconsin is kind of the team to beat here for Jamel Howard, that would be pretty amazing. If they can do that, wouldn't be surprised at all uh, because this is something that Mario Cristobal has done. Uh, going into signing day just kind of steals uh, recruits from other uh, schools. We saw that with uh, Jamel, uh, Jaleel Skinner from last year from Alabama. We saw that with Trevante Citizen from uh, potentially LSU uh, last year. So uh, definitely could happen. And then it's 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 the big fish out there, Nicholas Harbor, man. It is somehow Miami can land Nicholas Harbor. I mean – there's nothing crystal ball and the staff cannot do. If that happens, I do not believe uh, there's a good chance right now, but things can change in the next coming days. But as right now, I think he's pretty much uh, going to go to Oregon. I would probably put some money on that right now at this moment, but things change. I I am going to check in with a couple of guys um, up there in the, uh, DMV area, just to you know, be sure if that's if that is still the case. Um, but um, you know, we'll we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a very quiet National Signing Day on Wednesday. Yeah, the Harbor situation is is even weirder than the Cormani McLean situation for me because we see him post on Instagram. His dad even comes out and says, "Do not listen to my son." He's not in Colorado. He's in class right now. It, right. We haven't really heard anything on visits too much. He was supposed to be in Oregon one weekend. We don't even really know. We don't even know officially if it, if that was happening, right? He was supposed to come to Miami one weekend. That didn't happen. A lot of teams went in home this past week with him. We know Mario yeah. Cristobal was one of them. Michigan I couldn't even tell you where he's going to yeah, so South Carolina thinks they have a chance, right? Oregon thinks they have a chance. Maryland thinks they have a chance. Everybody wants a piece of this pie, but we don't know who's going to get it. Yeah. If you ask me what the best fit is, obviously it's Miami just because he wants to play as an outside wide receiver. 
not so much a tight end like people think. I think he just wants to be an offensive weapon more. So I don't think he's going to be a blocking tight end. He's going right. to be a more a physic, more physical Jaleel Skinner, in my opinion. And he would fit a need. He would definitely fit a need. In, but on top of that, it would help solidify a top five class where we know Mario wants to win the press conference. That uh, The yeah. image of the Miami Hurricanes under Mario is extremely important. And to be able to say, I got Nicholas Harbor over everybody else, I solidified a top five class even after losing the number one cornerback in the country and one of the highest rated corners in the history of, of, of rivals rankings is, or well, he was until the recent drop, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. But it, it would be huge. It would be huge. I don't know if he plays right away. We know there's going to be an adjustment period from him being yeah. just a true athlete. Uh, in the DMV area to focusing on being a receiver, but just true talent, athleticism, 10-1 at six foot five, 225 pounds. Those freaks don't come along very often. And uh, I hope it happens. Like you said, I don't think it does though. Yeah, I think what's hurting right in Miami right now is that we don't have an OC. <laughs> we currently have zero OC. We currently have zero wide receiver coach on the roster so it's kind of hard to kind of sell uh that you will be developed by said guy when there is no guy said <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. that that's 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 the thing for me right now and i think miami kind of made the mistake early in this process uh trying to recruit him as a defensive end uh with uh jason taylor and you know clearly he wants to score touchdowns so um, he he kind of left it open to play defensive end, but, you know, definitely wants to play on the offensive side of the ball. And um, right now with no offensive coordinator and no wide receivers coach, it's kind of hard to sell uh, Miami at this point of his process with, you know, days to go. But, hey, we'll see. We shall see. Said the hey, here, I got a question for you. Wide receivers coach, and I think this is an interesting take. Because we talk about DVD a lot getting back on the field. Well, there hasn't been a lot of talk about Pop Cooney getting back on the field. He really was the guy that worked with the receivers this year. I think he probably deserves a lot of credit on how Colby Young developed. I would love to see him maybe get a shot at it. We know he's been gunning for that receiver spot since he's gotten to Miami. He's kind of transitioned from director recruiting into an offensive analyst, same way DVD did. What do you think about that one? I think that's a great idea, man. I think both him and DVD need to be upgraded to actual position coaches because, you know, what they're doing recruiting, it's, it's, it's invaluable. You know, it, it's, it's priceless what, what they mean to recruiting, especially in the South Florida area or in the state of Florida, period. So, yeah, I, I think that would be a, a great idea. Uh, kids love pop and and they love uh they love dvd i mean and these two guys i think definitely deserve a shot at least to be maybe co-receivers coach or co-defensive backs coach um yeah i think that's a great idea and i think it, it definitely helped recruiting especially yeah. so so yeah so so we will see um how that all plays out um but yeah you were actually at Pylon Orlando this weekend, um, seven on seven seasons in full swing. 
battled Miami last, uh, two weeks ago now, I guess you could say, and Pylon last week weekend. And now we've got the football op-ed coming up this weekend. So with what you've seen uh, on the field, uh, who impressed you? Um, you know, who is really popping again? What teams really showed out last weekend? South Florida Express took the title and, and in multiple age divisions, surprise, but surprise, <laughs> surprise, surprise, right? But the focus was definitely varsity. They used a lot of Jaden Glazer this weekend instead of CJ Bailey, and he got an opportunity emerge, and he did just that. Former South Plantation quarterback going to Venice made a lot of next level throws. His zip on his ball was comparable to any of the top quarterbacks at that event. Him and Josiah Trader and Jeremiah Smith were on point for both days of this tournament. Josiah Trader probably ends up being the MVP of this tournament if there was one. He had like six or seven touchdowns on the second day. Hands, I don't think he dropped a pass, right? It, which was a little bit of a transition from Battle Miami where there were some questionable drops from JoJo where we, would, we didn't really see that from him on Friday nights or in seven-on-seven season last year. And then he went into this weekend and was just the alpha dog. And then Jeremiah Smith, as everybody's seeing on social media, is just the ultimate weapon, especially in the red zone. Made a one-handed catch over two guys <laughs> and just had everybody in wow. He made another, you know, Moss-type catch over another guy, head-topping people. The vertical ability from Jeremiah Smith, his, his catch radius, the hands are exceptional. Him and Josiah Trader, what a duo. Uh, Chance Robinson looked really good. Um, they had a couple of kids from Trinity Christian that we've seen uh, that are really good players. Um, but a, a guy that really emerged for me uh, that recently popped an Alabama offer and is a Miami legacy was Ryan Mack. He had two interceptions, including one where he high-pointed the football on a contested catch opportunity. Came down with the interception, clutch-type grab um, against uh, 24K in the championship game where he came down with two interceptions in that game, which were huge. Um, he he's a guy that now standing around six foot, probably 180 pounds. He's hoping to run a 10, 600 meter time this year in track. I, I think that he's going to be a guy that Miami really is going to have to push for. I know he's a legacy kid and, and I know that he's probably a lean there no matter what, because of his dad, uh, Rod Mack, who, who was an impact linebacker at the university of Miami and the, the little league coach, for that right. purple machine group of Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader, Davion yeah. Gauss, Cedric Bailey, just on and on and on. Uh, and Ryan Mack was one of those core players of that group. And I think he's going to be an absolute breakout player for St. Thomas Aquinas this year uh, with Justice Fitzpatrick, Mika Fitzpatrick's little brother on the other side, uh, OJ Frederick, who just picked up a Miami offer, uh, yeah. as well as Florida State at safety. There, there, there's going to be – there's going to be a, a wealth of talent for Miami at defensive back this year, um, and I think he's going to be one of them. Uh, another guy that looked really good for me was Kobe Howard. Kobe Howard is is a superstar. This kid has elite hands. He is growing at a rapid pace. He already has a really filled out frame. I think he could play inside or outside at the next level. Uh, he was he was integral for 24K. Another kid that used to be a Miami target, now committed LSU at quarterback, was Colin Hurley. He he stepped up from day one to day two and, and nearly willed his team to the championship. 
Um, they lost to the other 24K team, which was kind of funny. Um, but he 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 was just making some throw. Like there was a corner route, um, a, like a probably about a 15 to 20 yard throw that he put on an absolute dime in the corner of the end. It was a corner to the corner of the end zone where he hit him right on point. It was like I, it it was there was a defensive back right right inside the receiver and and the guy had no chance. And and, and the zip coming from his hand, it's next level. He's definitely going to be a guy that is going to contend for a starting opportunity at LSU very early on. There was a lot of talent out there, though. We got a chance to talk to Tavion Swint, one of the more explosive running backs in the South Florida 2025 kid out of Osceola, who has a Miami offer, was there this last weekend. Uh, you, know, you can check out that video on our YouTube page. Uh, but it, it was it was a lot of talent. Jaden Davis, I got my first chance to get it, to see him you know, with my own eyes. Um, probably about six foot, not your typical five-star type quarterback. He's the number seven player in the country right now for 2024. Intermediate accuracy, he can hit every throw um, from hash to hash to sideline to sideline. Um, I didn't really get a chance to see for? He was with Cam Newton. He was with Cam Newton, oh. which I think is going to be awesome for him. We watched Dante Moore develop more and more as he played seven-on-seven seven with Cam at OT7. We saw him. Take make a huge jump, and Cam runs more of a an integral type offense. It's not your typical seven on seven offense, and he takes a huge role in talking to the quarterbacks, being in his ear, telling him where to look. I think Cam does an excellent job as a quarterback whisperer for these seven on seven quarterbacks, especially top guys like Jaden Davis, and he looked good at points. I think that you know they probably disappointed at the end with Malachi Tony and Winston Watkins, but. We saw some things that showed why Jaden Davis is a top 10 player in the country. Um, and then Winston Watkins looks really good. Colorado commit as of right now, 2025 kid. He's, he's already committed twice uh, and yeah. he's only in his second year of high school football. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of, a lot more colleges. <laughs> to. He's 25. I mean, come on. Like we've got another two years of this. Yeah, and he's like the number two receiver in the country for 2025, I believe, in our in our rivals, top 100 for the 2025 class. He's at IMG Academy, had a, had a really good season for them, and he looked really good just as a route runner in seven-on-seven. Seven. He's not a speed guy like, like you would think out of a slot guy who's only about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but he's got a strong frame on Friday nights. He's able to run, run through tackles pretty easily, kind of turns into a running back when the ball gets in his hands. And you saw him just he'd be able to run the run pretty much the whole tree, uh, especially, you know, digs, you know, outs, slants, hitches. Like he was able to run the tree this weekend in South at uh, in at Pylon, Orlando. He's, he's a player that I think Miami's going to continuously be on and deservedly. So another kid who had an offer from Miami before that I got a chance to talk to was Isaiah Williams, 2024 receiver. He's one of the top 40 receivers in the country. Four star prospect. He is explosive to say the least. Probably about six foot, six foot one. So he's got decent length. Uh, he said that when he did talk to the Miami staff last year, that they saw him as as an outside talent. So he's not going to be playing in the slot, despite being about 170 pounds. I think he's got the frame to get up to like 190, 195. Um, he does want to get on campus as soon as the dead period is over. He's targeting a March time frame for a visit. Um, and, and it'll, he was hoping to get, build more of a relationship with whoever that new offensive coordinator is going to be. And having a relationship with guys like Kobe Howard and Tavion Swint, uh, it, it could be a guy. He could be a guy to watch 
um, as Miami continues to get into the Orlando, Tampa areas for recruitment. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, you mentioned uh, OJ Frederick uh, getting the offer from Miami. He's he's definitely a defensive back that I I thought was uh, standing out at the Battle Miami uh, seven on seven. So nice to see Miami offer him on Sunday, and also uh, another cornerback that uh, that I like is very similar to Frederick as far as frame is concerned. Is um is Xavier Lucas. Uh, I think that's a, a player that. Miami should definitely jump on because the old country is, is pretty much kind of taking notice uh, as far as his talents are concerned. So uh, very interesting, will be very interesting to see where they go 2024 wise. Um, that St. Thomas Aquinas team is, is, is loading up uh, w- with all the players that she named and Stacy Gage now there as well. Um, you know, the talent is, is, is always immense, uh, especially with the powerhouse programs like Chaminade, Miami Central, American Heritage. All of those teams will be loaded up, and all of those teams are potential pipeline for uh, the Miami Hurricanes football team. So spring um, is going to be around the corner uh, pretty soon, the, the new spring uh, schedule just came out, so it's starting out in March. Um, but other than that, uh, we will be watching the basketball team, see what they do. Uh, basketball team, uh, we'll see if they are still ranked after their loss on the road uh, to Pitt over the weekend. It was a, it was a game that they just. They they had they, they were dominating this game pretty much the entire time, and then Pitt just made a, a, a tremendous run at the end to snatch the win away. This team just can't find a way to close out games on the road for some reason. So that's something that is concerning going into February and March. They do plan to to be there for the ACC tournament in North Carolina. Um, I think it's uh, a second week. It's like going into the second week of March. So we'll see if they have a great showing uh, in in February and March, and and if they can duplicate their efforts from from last season, making it to the Elite Eight. But if they can't close out games like they couldn't do uh, against Pitt, they couldn't do that against uh, Duke, uh, NC State, they couldn't close out on the road as well. Uh, they may have some trouble once March rolls around. Um, and then baseball seasons is, is, is officially kind of starting up here in, in February as well. I'm actually very excited uh, t- uh, for this team. This team is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Very disappointing exit last season where they were hosting a regional and they just got swept out uh, by Ole Miss last season it wasn't wasn't pretty very disappointing a lot of angry canes fans from last year's exit but uh this year they got some new facilities they got a new weight room the bullpen is no longer on the field uh so nice to see that the baseball team finally has its own weight room uh they don't have to share the weight room with the football team anymore so 
So that's nice. And um, I think this uh, this team's very strong when it comes to pitching is concerned, led by Johan Morales. Um, and uh, the hitting just has to kind of step up for them to really kind of advance to Omaha this season. Um, those are all my thoughts for now, man. Uh, any Anything else you kind of want to add? I want to add that I am excited for Mark Light shakes. That's what I am excited for. You and I having some shakes at the baseball games this year. That is one thing I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, I haven't been to, to too many Miami Hurricanes baseball games, but that's something that I'm looking forward to to finally experience. Football games have always been my go-to as a football guy, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm ex- I'm excited to experience what a Miami Hurricanes game is because people talk about it all the time. There are some, there are some. Bought in fans for the Miami Hurricanes baseball team, and and yeah. I'm hoping to be one of them this this uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Until the next episode.